Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We're continuing our our series this morning, Transforming Truth. And one of the big mega themes that we've been confronted with as we look at those early passages in Genesis is that God is a personal God who invites us into relationship, uh, separating our faith from so many around the world that we have a God that we can get to know, and above all, a God that wants to know us. And at, at the very heart of, uh, of that is the revelation through the whole of Scripture is that our God speaks and we can listen to his uh, voice. And I'm really thrilled that Kerry's going to come and help us unpack that mega truth for us uh, this morning. Just a bit of context, Accessible Prophecy uh, is a global organization that helps churches and individuals grow in hearing God and build prophetic cultures that are accessible, holistic and healthy and to wrestle uh, kind of the prophetic away from the weird and the wacky. Kerry heads up the UK arm of all of that so she gets to spend some of her time helping churches around the country to lean in to listen uh, to God. So let's continue together in our series. Thank you very much. So as Simon said this morning we're going to be thinking about the transforming truth that God speaks and it is a transforming truth that speaks to me and he speaks to you. And there's something absolutely incredible about God's voice. I love reading of creation in Genesis where we see that the God that we love and worship spoke the world into being and that God right from the start is a communicating God. He's not silent. And as we read on through the Bible, we see the same truth that God is a communicating God who loves to communicate with his people. The reading that uh, Donald read for us this morning, I think, gives us a really clear and very simple picture of what it looks like to hear God speak, what his voice looks like. And in John 10, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd who leads his sheep by his voice. Now, if you're in any doubt, you're the sheep. That's us. We're the sheep and we can hear his voice. I do think also, as an aside, that the fact, again, there's sheep in John 10 is a reference to the fact that heaven will look a lot like Wales. But I think, hopefully, the weather will be better, and certainly the rugby will be as good as our team's playing at the moment. But, anyway, (laughs) your team are doing okay as well, to be fair. Back to John 10. I think it's really clear. God has a voice. He uses it, and we can hear it. And I think that's an amazing truth. God leads us by his voice. And as disciples, we have to learn to listen, like we have to learn to do so many things as a Christian. But we have a communicating God who loves to speak to his people. Is anyone vaguely excited about that? I think that's amazing. And actually, it's we're all of his children, each one of us. That's part of our covenant identity. And that means that Everyone can hear. So who can hear? 
It's going to get easier if you respond. You'll discover that with me. Responding is easier in the end. So how does God talk and communicate with us? We're going to look this morning at five ways that God speaks to us. Because if we want to learn to hear God speak, we need to know how he speaks. Now, the reality is, if you look around, we're all different. I like that. But therefore, the way we hear God and the way we experience God is going to be different. There's no one size fits all. So we're going to listen to the five ways. This morning, we're going to start with the fact that God speaks through the Bible. The Bible's amazing, isn't it? 66 books, over 40 authors. It's the original Kindle. And actually, for me, it's God's living word. In Timothy, we read that God is... I'm really rubbish with this, so the slides aren't really going to probably relate to what I'm saying. Sorry, do you want to do the slides? You might find it easier. They might actually have some chance of... I'm great with lots of things. TVs, DVDs, really bad with. So if you ever come on the prophecy course, and I'm in charge, sometimes we don't listen to it. And things like this, I'm not so good. But the truth is, God's living word, all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in all righteousness. God has spoken God is speaking, and God will always speak through the Bible. The Bible's just not an inspired book in the way that other authors are inspired and write books, or poets or musicians are inspired. It's got God's breath in it. It's his spirit. And it's the fundamental means that God speaks to his people. And every other way that God speaks to you will always be in line with what the Bible says. God isn't going to speak in opposition to what he's already said. I get really excited about the fact that actually God's word is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of our heart. It's God's word. It's alive, it's active, and God is speaking through it today. And it has the power to change our hearts, our thoughts, our minds. Every year I do a different Bible in the Year plan. So I've read the Bible many times. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, wow, I've never got all the way through. I'm going to tell you the ending's good. It's worth getting to the end. It's really good. But actually there are times when I'm reading God's word and it's like the, the words jump off the page. You ever had that? hit you between the eyes, and you're like, wow, that definitely wasn't there before. Now, clearly it was there before, and I've read it before. But in those moments, God's speaking into my heart those words in a new way, bringing fresh insight, giving me fresh revelation, help me to see his living, active word in a different way. And maybe that's the same for you. Or for you, maybe when there's somebody preaching and God's word is being communicated audibly, it's like you're thinking, how do they know? (laughs) Have you ever had that? The preacher's only speaking to you and you hear God's word and it leaps out at you. Or in your quiet times, you're praying and your bit of scripture comes to mind or a verse. For many of us, this is the primary way that God speaks through the word, through the Bible. And Andrew, who's uh, been doing many things this morning, so we thought we'd get him to do something else. We'd want him to get comfy. He's going to come and share what it looks like for him. Sorry about this again. <clears throat> Can you hear me all right? Would I, should 
Should I use the handheld? Okay, right. So, um, as Kerry has said, uh, for me, God primarily speaks through the Bible. If you've seen my collection of bookcases, um, that would be a surprise. Um, and that can happen, as Kerry said, in a quiet time. Uh, it can happen in a sermon. Uh, it can happen when something just leaps out the page. Sometimes it happens in a quiet time when I've got a bit more time and I can get sort of like digging into something a bit more. So lots of different ways. Uh, often, I think it happens at unexpected times. So most recently, God spoke to me when I was sitting in a cathedral in Vienna and the entire service was in German. Um, and, and it was, it was, but I knew enough German to be able to work out it was a passage from Isaiah. That's a really good book, by the way. It's a good name, don't you think? And, and, um, <clears throat> so I've learned that I should pay attention that sometimes the things that God says, like that psalm that we were talking about earlier today, which is another example, um, take years and years to come to fruition. And, and sometimes when God says something, it's a good idea not to ignore it and then think down here. No, actually could save me a lot of hassle if I'd have listened properly in the first place. The example I just want to quickly talk about is when I was at school. I was eight years old, not really enjoying it. And I was in assembly, and the head read out a verse from Matthew 28, verse 20. Lo, I am with you always, even to, well, what I heard was, even to the end of the world, even to the ends of the earth. So wherever, whenever. Actually, I don't know if he did read that, because I haven't yet found a translation that says that. But Is it heretical to say I'm not sure that matters too much? The point is that um, I heard, my eight-year-old little head heard that God was going to be with me whenever and wherever. And that was enormously comforting. And I I, I looked through some old Bibles and ideas. Every time I get a new Bible, I seem to underline that bit again. And and, uh, the the thing about those verses is that um, it came back to me, that verse, just recently when I was kind of struggling, uh, as I frequently do, guys who have got it completely sorted. And, and I just heard God saying, do you know, I promised that to you as an eight-year-old lad. Um, I didn't lie to you then. I wouldn't lie to an eight-year-old boy that I'm going to be with you always. So it's still true, Andrew. And that was enormously comforting. And so I guess my encouragement would be, don't worry if God doesn't speak to you all the time. Um, I was thinking about through the Bible in the year, Kerry. I was just thinking, I'm not sure God wants us to read the Bible through a year or else he wouldn't have put Leviticus exactly, (laughs) which is where I am at the moment. That's not true, by the way. He absolutely does want you to read the Bible in a year, but should have put Leviticus at the end. Um, And um, it would be a bad ending. (laughs) That's true. Uh, but, But so don't worry if he doesn't speak to you. He will speak to you at an unexpected time of his choosing. And I just encourage you to be ready and to remember it and, and to value that, because even 50 years later... Uh... How amazing is that? That God spoke to an eight-year-old. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew and Elizabeth will now forever have to clarify. They're talking about Isaiah in the Old Testament, not Isaiah from Grunsbury. It's a, a new thing from them. Isn't that amazing that actually that same truth that has held for so long is still true for Andrew? So if you're thinking, okay... Bible, don't fully get it. How can I learn to grow in this? How can I do that? Honestly, a really simple way is to pray the words from Psalm 119. You'll be glad to know, not all of them, but a very specific word, which is, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. I think asking God that, Lord, help me with this, is a great way to start. 
If you're not familiar with SOAP, it's a Bible reading plan we use at church. Come see me, look on the website. It's a great way of actively listening to God in scriptures. Go, actually, God's going to speak to me today. A friend of mine has three questions that he asks every time he reads the Bible. And I think they're really helpful because, again, they encourage us to listen actively. And they're on the screen. How can I worship God from this? How can I receive God's love from this? And how can I minister in love out of this? God has spoken. God is speaking. And God will always speak through his word. So another way we can lean into God's voice is through hearing. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. God has a voice. He uses it and we can hear him. There are many examples of God's voice being spoken to people in the Bible. Now, we're never always told whether that's an audible external voice or an internal voice. Sometimes it's implied. And God does speak both ways. But actually, the more common way is, while some hear that audible voice, the more common way is that internal voice in our hearts, words that resound in our minds, the God thought, that quiet voice within. As I have grown in the journey of hearing God this way, one thing that's really helped me is realizing that so often God speaks in whispers. It's annoying. I won't lie to you. Megaphone, so much easier. But God speaks in whispers. And I love the way we see this in 1 Kings, where um, Elisha is waiting, Elijah's waiting to hear God speak. And God has said, I'm coming to speak to you. And this is what it says. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. Elijah must have been exhausted, quite frankly. That was quite a lot to go through. But when he hears that gentle whisper, he comes out and God speaks and he hears God's voice. He's a still, small voice of calm. He's that quiet voice, the quiet nudge, the quiet prompting. And we have to learn to recognize that voice, to tune in, to listen. I think so many of us live in very noisy worlds. And it's really easy to tune out that quiet voice, that moment of calm. And I think there's a truth that there's actually nothing wrong with God's voice. But so often, we're not great at tuning in, are great at listening. I saw a great picture this week on social media. You might have seen it too. So a family was staying at Centre Parks. And um, this is the picture. A family staying at Centre Parks. And a auntie's looking after a niece in one of those ways that sometimes you look after your kids where your eyes are closed and you're kind of ignoring them. Anyone with kids has done that. We all know what we're talking about. So the, the niece is talking to her and she's managing to tune her out. And eventually she tunes into what the niece is saying. And the niece says, auntie, I need your help. And she's like, with what? And the little girl says, with the swan. <laughs> and her auntie says, what swan? When she opens her eyes, this is what she's seen. I love it. But what I love about this is I think God is that little voice sometimes, just talking, that we're ignoring. We're managing to tune out. The other louder things are getting our attention. 
But when we finally tune in, tune in, like that lady, I'm sure she was quite relieved to see the swan and actually think we need to deal with this. When we pay in and we tune in to God's voice, we're glad. I think that we would love God to speak louder so often. But the fact he speaks in whispers mean we have to lean in. There's an emphasis on us needing to tune other things out. And I think when we're thinking about, okay, God's speaking this way, we can get a bit anxious. Well, how do I know it's God? How do I know it's my own thoughts? And how do I distinguish that? But actually, there's a God's voice. There's something really special about it that we can help to start distinguish it from our own thoughts. Yes, he speaks in whispers so often. But actually, those whispers have the ability to resound deeply in our spirits. And they're full of light and wisdom, full of peace. Like for Andrew, God's saying, Andrew, I'm the same God. I didn't lie to you then. I won't lie to you now. It's a whisper, but it has the power to change and to bring peace. One way to to grow in this is to ask God questions. I love to ask God questions. I love doing this. And for me, journaling is something I find really helpful. This isn't for everyone. For me, it's a helpful exercise. So in my quiet times with God, I like to, either when I'm reading my scripture, reading Bible, or asking God about stuff, or praying, starting to write down what I think God's saying. Sometimes it comes easily. Other times it's harder. Other times, this is what I go about my day, God continues to start speaking about what I've been doing. But actually, that journal helps me to track my conversations with God and to see, oh, that was God's voice. That wasn't just me having a mad moment. God actually spoke there. And you start to recognize it. You know, Jesus has promised us that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the counselor. He's the spirit of truth. And he lives within each one of us. And Jesus has promised that he's going to teach us all things. So we can be confident if we inquire of God and we ask questions, actually he is going to have answers and we can learn to tune into those answers. Over the years, I've really tried to push into hearing God this way. This is one of the ways I hear God speak. So uh, last week, I had a busy work week planned, a uh, busy work day, and I was talking to God about my work day and about my plans. I think nothing makes God laugh more than when we tell him our plans. So I should have learned by now, telling God's my plans. I had lots of meetings. First one was in town, so I was going to work for a bit before at home. And God said, don't do your work here. Go to this specific coffee shop. So... I asked God why. I started debating. And in the end, I was like, okay, I'll do this. So I went to this specific coffee shop. And there was a nice little table on its own. And then there was one of those sharing tables. You know what I mean? Those long tables that you sit at. And God said, go and sit at the sharing table. I won't lie to you. When I'm working, I don't like the sharing table. Because by nature, people talk to you, right? When you're at a sharing table. By now, I knew God had got me there for a purpose. So I sat at the sharing table. Optimistically got my laptop out started to get on with what I think I'm going to do. And somebody came and sat next to me. And they spoke to me. I responded. And God's quiet voice again said, be attentive, pay attention. So I shut my laptop. And they said, you don't want to hear all my problems. And God's whisper again, tell them you do. So I replied, yeah, I do. And we had one of those conversations. Do you know those where sometimes you bump into someone and you know God's had a plan? And you're both speaking. And God did something really profound in that person's life. 
And I was so glad in that moment that I hadn't tuned out that little voice in the morning telling me to do something that I was thinking was not a sensible idea. So God speaks that way, but another way that we can hear God's voice is through seeing. And this is when God's communicating with us visually, whether it's a simple internal picture or more like an open-eyed vision. Um, and but where they see people when they have this open-eyed vision, often you see it clearly if it's right in front of you. And I think, and a great example is the prayer that Elisha prays for his servant, and he says, "Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see." Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes. He looked and saw the hills full of horses, chariots of fire all around Elisha. What an amazing thing! Picture that, hey. But actually, here the spirit, the servant is seeing the spiritual realm of this as if it's right in front of him. And this is a way that God speaks, but much more common is the internal picture, the inner picture. And so often, hearing God through seeing is an internal process, and we perceive the content through our mind's eye. It might be a simple image, something very clear. It might be a bit hazy. might be a moving picture. But I think the important point about pictures is we always want to get really analytical. If you you discovered that in life, we always want to figure out why. We turn them into a puzzle to be solved. But any time God's speaking that to us, it's an invitation into a conversation. So if God has given us a picture, ask him about it. Look at the details. Ask him for more. Ask him for his interpretation, not yours. If I get a picture either that God's given me or that somebody's given to me, I've got a group of friends that I'll send it to. And I'll just say, "Will you? this is what has come. Will you weigh it for me? I won't tell them what I think it's saying because I want to hear fresh what they feel God is saying. And it's remembering this is an invitation into a conversation, into relationship. It's not a puzzle to be solved. So Sally Soon, one of our members, is uh, this is a primary way that God speaks to her and she's going to come and share an example for us. A few years ago, um, my family house, and this one week, I looked at my purse and I had five pounds and a little change to feed my family, first week we'd ever had. And I just sat down, didn't know what to do, and I just prayed, God, what do I do? How am I going to feed my family? You know, I just was at a loss, and it was the only thing I knew how to do. Um, And I sat there for a while, and this picture came up in my head, um, stop. And there were two enormous chickens there. And they'd been reduced to just, we'd be fine. And just instinctively, I said, where would I find them? And then another picture appeared, and it was just a picture of the front of Iceland. So I'm like, okay. felt this need to just rush out the door. It was like I was being shoved out. So I put my shoes on, grabbed my bag, checked I got money in my purse, went to Iceland. And um, I walked in tentatively. I picked up a basket, and I was pretty scared by that point because nothing like this had happened really before. They were enormous, and they were exactly as God had showed me in the picture. The same price, everything. So I thought I might need some juice. I walked round to the juice counter, and there was reduced juice. So I picked the juice up and went to cash out and Linda was serving and she said, Sally, they never things until the late afternoon. 
are there any more? And I said, well, this is what... But they don't do this. I said, never do this. And she was sort of in shock, so we had this conversation about the shock of it. But those chickens actually fed my family for eight days. Thankful for the pictures. Thanks so much. I love that story. I've heard it many times, and I still love it. And what I love is the fact that Sally turned it into a conversation with God. Okay, Lord, if this is it, show me. It was a conversation, and God met her needs practically. So another way that we can tune into God's voice is sensing. And under this would come things like discernment, intuition, burdens, impressions, gut feelings. And in Job we read, who gives intuition to the heart and instinct to the mind. Sometimes we just know something because we just know something. And that shouldn't surprise us because Holy Spirit is residing us, committed to connecting us to the Father, leading us in all truth. And I love, I think, an example of this in the Bible where Anna, the prophetess, when Jesus was brought to the temple as a baby by his parents, there were people waiting for the Messiah to come. And she saw that baby And she seems to just know. And it says, Anna was there when Mary and Joseph came to the temple. She praised God and talked about Jesus to all those who were waiting for God free Jerusalem. There would have been so many people there. But actually, when Anna sees that baby, she just knows. And she doesn't just know, she tells people, this is the Messiah, this is the one. Now, if you're somebody who's naturally inclined to being very logical and rational, when you meet uh, the Annas of this world who kind of make sense of the world through intuition and instinct, it can feel a bit irritating, I think. And you can be tempted to feel that their perceptions are lacking in substance. But actually, sensing is a very valid way that God speaks and a way of God hearing Uh, hearing God's voice. Now, like every other way that we hear God speak, we have to test it. We have to learn to discern when that feeling, when that intuition is God and when it's us. We have to weigh it in the same way that we weigh everything else. So Jo, another one of our members, she, this is the primary way that God speaks to her. She's like my little canary. You take her down a mine and tell you if there's gas, you know, if you take Jo anywhere, she'll know if if it's good or bad, where God is. So she's going to come and share. Thanks, Jo. Tweet for us. Um, So as Kerry already explained, um, I have a deep sense of knowing. And um, this has been an invaluable tool for me during ministry. So, for example, when I'm praying or talking to people, sometimes I can feel the hairs sort of stand up on my arm. Or I just have a real sort of sense of a real gut feeling that the Holy Spirit just wants me to stay with the subject or or a situation, God's saying, just wait here, just stay here a bit longer, just pray here a bit deeper until the sort of situation has, has been resolved. Um, I think, like Kerry said, it's almost like a, a barometer for me. It kind of keeps me on the right track to know how to play, pray more deeply. Other times when I sense things is when I'm praying myself in my regular prayer times, I often have a name or a situation will come to mind and I pray and intercede for that person. So maybe the next day I might just ring them up and say to them, 
oh, your name's been really on my heart this week because a lot of my friends are non-Christians, so I probably wouldn't say, oh, God spoke to me because I think, oh, gosh, it's a bit weird. But, um, so I'd say, you've really been on my heart this week. Um, I just want to ring you and, and see how you are. More than often than not, people say, oh, thank you, Joe. I'm so glad you called. I've had problems with the children or I'm feeling low this week and just nice to hear, hear from you. Um, I just think that's a really powerful tool that um, for my non-Christian friends to know and my friends from church to know that God loves them so much that he places them on somebody's heart to be able to them. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Um, Another way that God speaks and we can hear his voice is through dreams. And there are many examples in the Bible of God speaking to people through dreams. And I think we think about uh, God speaking to Joseph in a dream and telling him to leave Egypt with Mary and Jesus because Herod was going to kill them. And then again, in both the books of Joel and Acts, we're told actually to expect God speaking in dreams when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon his people. So how do you know if the dreams that you do remember, because I think, I don't know if you're like you, like me, but there's so many I don't remember. How, but the ones you do remember, how do you know? Well, is this God or is it just something odd I ate last night? I firstly, I think it's important to remember that dreams from God are not the most common form of dream. And we have to learn to distinguish which is which. And most dreams occur during the rapid eye movement of our sleep. They're the way our brains process information. And therefore, I think with that in mind, when we think we've had a dream that's from God, we need to actually test what's the source of that dream. In 1 John it says, Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. So whenever we think we're hearing God speak, it's either going to be coming from God, ourselves, or the enemy. And so in the same way with dreams, we have to test that. And I think Dreams from the enemy can often be dark. They can bring a lot of fear. They can feel a bit hopeless, or maybe they're dreams that bring us temptation, maybe nightmares, or perhaps you've had experience where you've got something big coming up and you start having all sorts of manner of random dreams that make you feel like perhaps I shouldn't be doing this. But when you look at what the feeling underneath it is, all you feel is anxiety, fear, dread. I've had dreams that where God has shown me something into the future, but when I've looked at the spirit behind it, I felt peace, I felt calm, I felt a desire to pray, and I felt hope. I think also sometimes we can have dreams where there's something we want to do that maybe God isn't perhaps approving of or we shouldn't be doing, and the dream shows us doing it, and we can kind of feel like, oh, well, that's God telling me it's okay. But when we test it and we look at it, we realize actually... That's temptation. It's not actually God speaking. But actually, God's dreams, when they're from God, they have a real resonance. They bring a sense of peace. They bring a sense of hope. They resound deeply in our spirits. And when it comes to dreams, people often forget to do the whole interpretation bit. They just go, right, it's going to happen exactly as I saw it. This is a conversation, so we need to ask God about our dreams. We need to ask him to interpret them, not to interpret them ourselves. We don't need to go to the Waterstones and buy a book on interpreting dreams. God interprets our dreams. And they're, again, a conversation into relationship with God to talk to him about it. So Sherry Parnell, who's one of our members, had a dream recently that she's given me permission to share with you. 
So she was about to go away on holiday, and in her dream, she was on holiday, and a man was grabbing her arm, thinking she was going to harm her. And she responded by giving him her Bible. Now, what she concluded after praying about the dream was, actually, I need to take that Bible with me. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't a nice, small, travel-sized Bible, but a slightly bigger version where she'd underlined lots of verses that God has spoken into. While she was away, she had this conversation with this young girl in complete sherry fashion, where she shared with this young girl her love for Jesus. And the young girl said, yeah, I know, I can see it on your face. Not amazing? And Sherry had a Bible with her, and the girl said, is that a Bible? And Sherry says, yeah. And the girl says, can I look at it? Sherry's like, yeah. So Sherry starts to read to her from John's Gospel. And the girl says, we're not allowed Bibles in our country. And so Sherry says, have it. I had a dream that I had to bring this Bible, and it's for you. And she gave that Bible to that girl. What we don't know is the end of the story. Pray for that girl. But what Sherry knows is God, in a dream, told her to take that Bible, and she was obedient, and she's passed it on, and God will now be God. So as we think about those five ways that God speaks to us, how can we grow in hearing his voice? I think the first is really simple. It's this. It's remembering that hearing God is about whose you are and not what you do. It's about whose you are and not what you do. We can't earn the right to hear God's voice. He's given us that because we're his children. I think also it's understanding that each of us are different. We have different personalities, and how what helps us hear God is going to be different. You may have noticed I don't stand still. I like movement. I like moving. It's no surprise when I'm walking, I hear God a lot. When I sit still, I can, I can hear God, but it's harder. Other people, the silence is what they need. For others, it's, it's music. So this week, I've asked a few people a question. What helps you hear God speak? Let's just watch that. Hopefully. What helps me hear God speak? I think it is in the busyness of life, putting that aside, coming to him and saying, right, I'm here, you've got my attention, speak to my heart. Well, I love to go walking, um, even driving, uh, and I listen, I think I'm quite reflective. And the other way is through scripture again. And I find that... um... It really draws me closer into his presence. Having an extended quiet time in the morning, and some of that is um, particularly things like walking to the station. So, like walking, I can walk and pray. I, I find that's quite a good time for me, particularly first thing in the morning where it's quiet. I think it's going to the park for a walk. It's the quiet. And there's this lovely little bridge that I like to stand on. And God just says a million things. And it's sometimes it's all at once, sometimes he's... But it's the peace and quiet of being on that particular bridge. Also, it's when I crochet and I sit and I'm just... And I never know who it's for. Or if I do, I never know what I'm praying for. And God just is really amazing and he talks, Asian. Through his word, when a particular verse or passage, as it were, jumps out at me, either perhaps relevant for me or relevant for somebody else. I've got a real passion for music and I just love hill songs, the red rock worship. And sometimes it just drops a tune in my mind or it might be a few song lyrics. And 
I just Google that and it's, it's just amazing how much it blesses me. What helped me hear God speak? I think it... Alice would, Alice would like me to tell you that she doesn't always name the tune in one when God gives a, <laughs> a tune. So I think another way that we can grow in hearing God speak is to learn to tune out the competing voices that we can listen to. And I think that one of the voices that we can so often listen to is the voice of fear. And I think often this says things like, you know, well, what if I get it wrong? What if the enemy speaks to me? What if God says something I don't want to hear or tells me to do something I don't want to do? But actually fear can be such a big block for us hearing God speak. Another one is often the voice of unbelief that says, well, I can't hear. God might speak to other people, but actually I can't hear. He never speaks to me. But we know that's not true because God has spoken, God is speaking, and God will speak through Scripture. So God is speaking to us. But that lie, the voice of unbelief, can make it incredibly hard for us to hear God for ourselves. Another one is the voice of rationalism, where we just rationalize everything and feel, okay, that just doesn't make sense, it's not God. But the problem is, hearing God speak is spiritual, not rational. God spoke through a burning bush. God spoke through a column of fire. Those things aren't rational. But God was still speaking. And then there's the voice of shame. And this is the belief that I'm not good enough. God just wouldn't speak to me. And so often shame gets in the way of what God is saying to us. And it can be really hard to hear God speak when we feel that we're not enough. Those different voices can make such a big noise in our worlds. But actually, we can learn to have a choice. We can learn that when that voice, actually that's the voice that stops me hearing God. And we can start a journey of learning to tune that out and to tune God in. It's an amazing truth, isn't it, that God speaks? And that because we're his children, all of us can hear. There are no superheroes in this. All of us can hear. And it's not about who we are but whose we are. So as we come in to finish now, what truth are you taking away today? Is it the truth that God does speak? Is it the truth around what helps you hear him speak or the way he speaks to you? Or is it a recognition that actually one of those voices I listen to a lot, one of those things is the loudest voice in my head. Or is it just the truth that hearing God speak is about whose you are and not who you are? Great. Thank you so much. Such a rich uh, diet of, of truth in God's word. Let's be, let's be quiet together. It's the whisper. And uh, God in his grace and in his mercy has done something to be an anchor for us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and lived and dwelt among us so that we would have a solid foundation of understanding set out before us. And that's why we eat this bread And drink this wine. 
a tangible reminder of the truth of all that God says to us. So that in those moments when it feels we are not and cannot hear him, so he reminds us with tangible signs. And so we're going to eat bread and drink wine very quietly this morning. This is how much God showed his love among us. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And in the quietness, with the tangible action of eating bread and drinking wine, will listen in the stillness for his whisper, his small voice into our lives.